healthcare is a high touch, very humanistic piece of the work. There will always need to be people taking care of people, at least in my mindset. Welcome to Mitten Money, delivering insights from Michigan-based business leaders, big and small. William Zank, host of Mitten Money at TriStar Trust, loves nothing more than creating this masterclass so that you can get insight to guide your leadership journey in just under 30 minutes. Subscribe today and connect with William at mittenmoney.com. What's going on, everyone? You're listening to another episode of Mid Money. Now, when I mention the words healthcare and Michigan, you'd assume that those two words probably don't go together. However, for our great state, it's just as important as Superman ice cream is. Well, maybe that's for me, but the point still stands. As such, I thought it would be important to invite Joe Ruth on to chat about this, given all the changes that the industry has seen over the past few years. For those who may not know, he's currently an executive vice president and chief operating officer for Sparrow Health System. Within the episode, we give an update on the landscape within healthcare, some things that Sparrow does to help attract that next generation of talent, and some information on the shift for many health organizations to focus more on mental health. So welcome, Joe, to Mint Money. So Joe, it seems like you've been involved in the healthcare field for nearly your entire career, from starting off working a summer job on the loading dock at Saginaw General Hospital to where you are today. So did you ever think your career would have taken the path that it did? The simple answer is no. I'm certainly glad that it did. Healthcare is one of the most fascinating most complex businesses to be involved in. So there is never a dull moment. There's never one day that seems anything like the previous day. And more importantly, I think even from that loading dock moment, quite a few years back now, you understand the role and the responsibility of taking care of the community that you live in. And that is something that I think draws many of us to take care of people. And especially in Michigan, especially in communities like Lansing and Saginaw and such, you know, it's a pretty small community, right? These are your family, your friends, your neighbors. And so it's quite a, it's a responsibility and an honor to be able to do that. Oh, of course. And I think too, it must provide you with some clarity knowing that you truly started working on the loading dock into comparison, maybe starting off more in a clerical or more of a corporate job. And so you can really get a good sense of, okay, well, I've literally worked from this point to where I'm at today. So that must provide some good clarity for you. It sure does. And yes, there are some scars on walls that probably are still in the Covenant Harrison campus that I never quite understood which wheels to lock and how to get two big supply carts down the road. But those healthcare systems, those hospitals, is its own ecosystem, right? And the jobs and things within that, it's everything from loading dock, food service, accounting, it's not just the direct patient care, but there's so many other pieces that surround that and always have been fascinated with the depth, breadth, and complexity of healthcare. No, of course, I can only imagine. And so over the past few years, Joe, many healthcare businesses have faced challenges as it relates to the pandemic. I'm sure that's a, a shock to no one. But as a state, where does Michigan stand now? How are hospital systems faring as of right now? I would say the best way to describe it is we're working our way out of the challenges. So many different things. Healthcare was challenging enough before the pandemic. We literally turned our operations on its side to deal with the crisis at hand. We shut down operating rooms and we stopped doing some of the things that were certainly necessary, but not as necessary as trying to figure out how to keep 
people alive in the first place. So we are making some progress. I would say a challenge across the nation has been a lot of people stuck with healthcare through the pandemic and were exhausted by it. And so I think we accelerated some retirements. I think that continuing to find staff, and I think other people said, gee, I'm not too sure about healthcare anymore as a career path, which is a shame. It's always a steady employer, typically with very strong wages and benefits. And then again, the benefit you get from caring for your community, right? That pays you back, at least for me, much more so than the pay and benefits is knowing that the community needs you each and every day. But I think some of that's been lost and overshadowed by what the pandemic sent us all through. So hospitals across the country are really struggling to find enough staff to care for patients. Sure, that makes sense. And I feel like, too, what a lot of people forget about Michigan, too, is really the involvement within the healthcare field. You know, people think of Michigan automotive fields, which is respectively so, you know, being that we have the big three in Detroit. However, a lot of people don't know that almost it's so it's estimated that 20% of residents in Michigan work in some sort of fashion within the field. And so as we look out to the future, so five, 10, 15 years from now, would you anticipate that number of going from 20 to 25% possibly? I answer that a couple of different ways because it is a great question. One, especially in the state of Michigan, I probably see that number going up as much based on the demographics, right? We don't necessarily have a younger population. We have an aging population. And as we get into those later years, our needs for healthcare continue to go up. Sparrow in Lansing is one of the largest non-governmental employers in our community. And we take great pride in that. And I'm also very concerned by that because when healthcare becomes the largest industry, that's not good for the health system. It's not good for the community because all we're really caring for is the retired population, the older population. And so all of us need to create a thriving community that has a balanced mix. So I would prefer it as a percent not to grow. I would certainly love to see our communities grow and therefore more employees connected to healthcare in each of our communities, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And I think something that you mentioned too. So obviously, with a lot of workers in the healthcare field starting to age and starting to get older and possibly retire, trying to attract that new generation of talent is tough across any industry, let alone healthcare, especially with some of the challenges that has been facing over the past couple of years. And so what are some of the things that Sparrow has done to try and help acquire talent? Yeah, it's multifactorial. And we're, we're having to redefine jobs and roles. I think many people imagine, at least at this point, that computers and robots, right, would be taking care of a lot of this. And maybe in some industries, that's further along. Healthcare is a high-touch, very humanistic piece of the work. There will always need to be people taking care of people, at least in my mindset. Maybe at some point in time, we'll have robots to do those things. But we understand that, you know, in the days past, there seemed to be plenty of workers that were interested to go around, whether you call it vertical integration, but we've always had a role of training the next generation of healthcare workers. So we are a major teaching hospital. We have a cadre of nurses always training, doing their clinical rotations here at Sparrow in hopes that not only do we help them in their career path, but we convince them to stay here and work for us. And so we're continually looking at those pipelines, working with major universities, community colleges, 
And we're feeling in the moment, as I was saying, not as many people are looking at healthcare like they used to as a career path. My assumption is they're all on TikTok, whatever that means. But that seems to be drawing a lot of the creativity and talent of our, our younger generation. We're going to have to get into high schools and start to talk to people at that level before they choose a college, before they've really got their path set to say, here's what healthcare is. And here's all of the great things. You can go from the loading dock to the executive offices, so to speak, if that is, is a path that you choose. And so I think we've got to get the word back out that healthcare is a great and rewarding industry to be in, if you will. Sure, that makes sense. And just to clarify as well for you know all those possibilities and openings across the board, is that primarily for people that are closer to that end patient or does that also include people from the corporate side of things too? It's all over the place. And as I say, you know, healthcare is incredibly interesting, right? We are a tech company. Our entire platform is driven by an electronic medical record that is incredibly complex. And so we have a huge IT staff that does all of our networking and websites and you name it, right? So we've got that component, the business side of things in terms of accounting and finance and banking all resides within healthcare supply chain the buying and moving of goods and services, almost every aspect of a specific business somehow is a part of healthcare. And so that's why there's no one real spot other than that direct patient care without that, none of the rest of this works. So our main focus is making sure that we've got patients taken care of by people at the bedside and the rest follows. Yeah, that's really intriguing. I appreciate you mentioning that. I guess I wouldn't have anticipated I mean, obviously, every place now is going to have some form of technology and IT staff behind that. But to hear your answers and hear that's pretty enlightening. So I appreciate that. Now, over the past couple of years, there have been a lot of news. Many healthcare systems across the state have gone through mergers. But I feel like the word merger may have a, a negative connotation behind it. So I'm going to ask you, kind of flip the question. What are some of the main benefits for a health system to actually go through a merger? And how can it help benefit the community? Yes, as people might be aware, Sparrow Health System just recently announced we are joining, and I want to use that word, and I want to come back and explain that, we're joining the University of Michigan Health System. And everybody wants to know, is it an acquisition? Is it a merger? And you can get tangled up into that because two not-for-profit corporations, whether it's healthcare or anything else coming together, has its own nomenclature. But I would phrase that at least within the healthcare space, at least within the not-for-profit healthcare space we come together. And so we see a Sparrow joining the University of Michigan, meaning that they have a platform, they do some things incredibly well. We bring a lot to the table that's different than what they do. And so we're joining forces with the idea that overall, you know, the needs of the patient always come first. And so does this coming together add to or detract from our ability to care for patients? And in our case, it's very clear our patients and our community benefit from this process. And specifically, what led us to this latest announcement was a partnership short of merger around pediatrics. And again, if we don't take good care of the children in our community, our communities will shrink, they will die, right, just economically. And so we partnered with the University of Michigan to help shore up and bring services to our community that we would likely not be able to afford on our own. And so some of the very specific expertise that we probably don't need one of, right? We don't need one full-time physician for a specific area of expertise, 
but we might need a physician to come to our community twice, three times a month, maybe for a half day. Our partnership built a bridge to access that clinical expertise, which then allows our patients and their families to stay in the community, especially when you have a sick child. You not only take care of that child or take that child to the doctor, but oftentimes you pack up the whole troop, right? And the whole family goes to that doctor visit. Well, if that trip is, you know, 60, 90 miles away, that's a huge undertaking for any family. And so the idea of those combinations, the ones that work well, it's like-minded organizations that have a similar core mission, certainly add value to any community that goes down that path. And and that's our idea behind all of this. Yeah, that's really cool. I appreciate you touching on those different points, especially going into the depth that you did. And I think the other really interesting thing too has been for a lot of healthcare organizations out there to see that real shift behind investing more within the mental health space. Definitely a really big undertaking for a lot of organizations to do that. Now, again, I know this could greatly range, but very generally speaking, what types of services have you seen be beneficial to people? That's a really challenging topic. And I wish I could tell you, we got our arms around it. We've got a plan. Certainly, again, I think the pandemic exacerbated all of the challenges across society. And it is one of the biggest challenges right now. We do not have the appropriate infrastructure, facilities, and expertise to deal with the current mental health, behavioral health needs. I would say from an innovation standpoint, though, one of the things that we've deployed lately is to actually have social workers with a behavioral health background, and we've embedded them in our primary care clinics. So, you know, once somebody has such an episode that they end up in our emergency room, they might need inpatient care. That's a real challenge and work to get them back on their feet and get things moving forward. The real way to deal with mental health is to move upstream in that care process. And so if you're having some struggles and you happen to be going to your primary care physician for an annual visit, we need to screen for that and ask you some questions. And if you're starting to have some problems, addressing them on the front end is really the way to do that. So we've got front end things that we can do, which ultimately saves us on the back end. But it's a huge concern for all of us. Many of our emergency departments across the state right now are backlogged with behavioral health patients that we don't have a good place to put them. There's not much we can do in an emergency room to help you with those needs other than to get you stable, right? Maybe provide you some medications that start to help, but that's nothing that is cured within that inpatient hospital stay. You know, I know the state of Michigan is looking at some innovative ways to create more platforms to help people, but it is a true crisis in the moment. No, sure. I couldn't agree enough. And so now shifting to our lightning round of questions for this podcast. And so, Joe, what would you say is your most important daily habit? (laughs) Coffee on most days is probably it. I really enjoy connecting with people. And, you know, it used to be called a long time ago, management by walking around. And it's not with an agenda. It's not with a script or anything else but it is checking in with my colleagues, my team members, and it's just a, you know, hi, how are you? And oftentimes in that quick exchange, you can actually get some real business done too and move things forward a whole lot quicker than typing a long email, waiting to set up a meeting. And so typically with a cup of coffee in hand, I do like to get out and make sure that I I connect and, and touch my team on a daily basis. 
What would you say is your favorite TV or streaming show that you're currently watching or have recently? I have a great one, actually. It's on Apple TV, so depending on who has that or doesn't, but it's called Slow Horses. And it's based on a, a series of novels by a British author. I believe the name is Mick Heron. And it's MI5, so a little spy type of thing. The dialogue is just amazing, outrageously hilarious. The books are incredible, but the TV show does it just great justice. And so other than with some of the heavy British accents, it's not always easy to pick up every single line. So, you know, you might want to put the captioning on or something like that, but incredibly well done TV. Yeah, sounds like a really good recommendation. And Joe, if you could be remembered for just one thing, what would it be? Oh boy. Always the toughest question. I don't have a good pat answer. I would say certainly in this moment, I have two young daughters that are just finishing their education and out into the early working world. And I think putting them on the right path and giving them the guidance. Some days you just hope that you didn't screw anything up, right? They're wonderful young women that are going to change the world and just take great pride in that. And I think being a parent and a father with all all that goes along with that is probably the best thing. The other thing that I I always enjoy, and people tell me this as well, is obviously business situations are are usually tense oftentimes, and people get pretty stressed out. And I do rely on humor, sometimes a little needling, sometimes just well-placed heckling. People do tell me, hey, you know, you bring a smile to my face and you make me a little more calm, a little more comfortable. And I would say that if I have one superpower, I connect well with people and try to put them at ease. And so I, I think that that is something that others may tell you about. That's really interesting. And so, Joe, for those people who want to learn more about yourself or Sparrow Health System, what are some good resources for the listeners out there? Certainly, Sparrow has a really strong website. We do our best, again, that technology piece, but do our best to put all that's pertinent out there. So Sparrow.org is a great place to start. Well, thanks, Joe. And thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Mid Money. Please don't forget to follow our podcast so you don't miss when new episodes drop. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. You've been listening to Mitten Money, sponsored by TriStar Trust. Subscribe to the podcast and learn more about how William and the TriStar Trust team can guide your small business at tristartrust.com.